Hello, and welcome to another edition of Wise Council Weekly, powered by Athenian Consulting Group. I'm your host, Tanyan Farley, and I have with me my co-host, Alex Francis. Alex, how are you doing today? Doing well, man. Doing well. Family's doing well. Wife and baby are doing good. How about you? That's good, man. I'm enjoying the weather starting to get a little better here in Houston, getting back to a bit of normalcy, going to restaurants, going to the gym. Although we did have quite a bit of rain the last couple of days, uh, so we did spend some time catching on catching up on some TV shows, including the Jordan 30 for 30 documentary. Alex, I know you watched it as well. What were your thoughts? Definitely, definitely. Um, just seeing a few uh, different sides of people that you don't get to see on TV or you don't get to see just strictly from them being on the court. And with Jordan not being in our quote unquote social media era, it was great for me, uh, you know, a 90s baby that was born back there that didn't really actually see him or see how he moved on the court. Um, Dan, being able to see a perspective of it uh, today was uh, a great highlight of my quarantine. Um, just seeing, um, you know, how he pushed his teammates to be stronger. Um, you know, when they, he thought they were being a little bit of soft, but he knew they could help them in the long run and against tougher opponents. Um, just his competitive drive and, you know, just to destroy everyone in his path, man. Like, what, what kind of what kind of person is that? You know, that wants to, to do that every single chance they get and to be that competitive in life. Like, I just think of some of my friends that, that like playing Monopoly all the time. And I'm like, man, do you guys just like destroying your friends? Do you like evicting us? Like, what? Like, who are you guys? But that's what I kind of took from it a little bit, that competitive drive. For sure. Um, For and sure. just being able to um, change that and move that into his everyday life and kind of uh, – destroy everything with it everything in his path yeah that was the thing that i took away the most from that documentary because i agree right I, i'm fully admitting that i grew up uh as team lebron in that debate and mm -hmm. just because of what i was around and i will say the thing that i took away from the documentary was his incredible drive his incredible leadership his work ethic I still think the one line that really sticks out from the whole documentary to me is uh, when he's talking about, I never asked anybody on the team to do something they knew I wouldn't do. And uh -huh. I think that's the ultimate you know, sign of a, of a leader that, that really cares about his people and his team. So I think that was pretty incredible. Obviously his killer instinct was amazing. And then, you know, what he's done in the business world on the flip side, it's, it's been really cool to watch what molded that. Right. Uh -huh. I've seen the business version of Michael Jordan most of my life, but seeing the on the court version definitely helps feed why he is the way he is and why he's been so successful. Absolutely. And and him uh, being able to take such a small thing with something that his opponents, opponents did or, or something that they said to motivate himself um, and help him go to his full potential. Like when one of the comments from one of the uh, one of his opponents was uh, 45 isn't 23. Or, or when another guy told him, hey, good game, and he took yeah. it as a slight. <laughs> like sometimes, like you have to find that motivation just to just to make yourself be the best you in the morning sometimes. And I know especially with us being consultants, you know, waking up sometimes that fourth day in a row in a hotel after you've been on the road for, for you know, months and months and months. Um, it's just a hard thing to do sometimes. But finding that it factor, finding that motivation is always something really tough to do. Very true. You got to find your why. You got to find that motivation. And, you know, I think the other thing is always finding competition. I think that complacency is is the worst thing we can do, uh, mm -hmm. whether professionally or personally. And so finding competition and something to drive you to move you to the next level, whether it's professionally, whether it's personally, whether it's socially, whatever it may be, 
I think is really, really key. I, I think, Alex, we were chatting before this and you brought up like another key thing from this documentary that we wanted to elaborate a little bit more on today. And, and that was really the element of trust, right? You talked about how his teammates really trusted him because of the fact he was a selfless leader, because he would go out and play harder than anyone, because he would train harder than anyone. So why don't, why don't you run us through a little about what our our podcast is going to look like today, how it ties into what we just talked about and, and how we're going to finish up. Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. So, uh, yeah, we spent a little bit longer than, than I expected to, but um, uh, we'll segue that Jordan doc and that trust into our main topic today was trusting your organization and with your coworkers as well as with your clients. Um, we'll go into some quick hits from our managing partner, Bobby Dixon. And then our big three for the week will be practices that we should eliminate in the business world. Um, and just jumping back into uh, you know our main topic and going back into that topic of trust, um, you mentioned how his teammates trusted him because he was such a selfless leader and he did everything that he wouldn't did and he wouldn't allow somebody else to do. But it was also him trusting his teammates as well from the top down that led them to his first championship. Because I think Phil Jackson was the one that mentioned that he didn't. Uh, win a championship until he was able to trust his teammates, like uh, like able to trust Steve Kerr to take that last shot um, and win those big games for them. Yeah, I completely agree. Trust is a key element of what made the Bulls successful, and it's a key element of what makes your organization successful. And I think you hit on a couple of key points, right? So I think there's a few levels of trust. So when I think about trust, I think about three levels. I think about strategic, personal, and organizational. So if you think about Let's start first on the employee side of the house when it comes to trust within your organization. When you think about strategic trust, you're trusting that where the direction of the organization is going, what we're doing as far as projects, what we're doing as far as tasks, what we're doing as far as deliverables is what we should be doing. What we're doing as far as you know operations within our organization is is going in the right direction so you're trusting that strategy the next level is personal right so with your manager with your coworkers you have a personal level of trust that you genuinely feel they're going to come and deliver for you just like you would deliver for them you okay. trust that when they message something up the ladder or bring you a message that it's correct that it's Right. And so having those two levels of trust are really key because it leads into the third, which is organizational, which says our company is founded in the right things. Our company makes the right moves. Our company is looking in the right direction. The leaders of our company are guiding us in the right direction. So if you can have all three levels of trust mm -hmm. within your organization, you're in a great place. I think about what it takes to build trust. Right. So I think about it at a personal level, like what do you see? that makes you trust someone, Alex, when you develop a relationship, what builds trust for you? Right. Uh, for me, uh, I kind of keep it at three kind of key principles when I'm building trust in a strong relationship with somebody. Um, one has to be like the sincerity of it um, and showing appreciation to the other person and, and kind of understanding um, what they're saying and understanding uh, what their concerns are before you can uh, give them advice on, or on, and you have to figure out what's on their minds. And initially, the second thing from that would be to earn the right to offer advice. So with a lot of coworkers, uh, sometimes you are just still filling them out. You're still trying to understand who they are as a person. Um, and sometimes 
your 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 information that they're that you're portraying across them isn't isn't the right the right time or isn't for the, the right personality. So earning that right to give advice and earning and understanding who that person is are definitely another key factor um, into building a strong relationship and trust. And then mainly, probably the main thing is probably listening, uh, making sure that your ears are bigger than your mouth um, and being an active listener. That way you can you know engage in the conversation and they can see that okay this is the person that uh, I should be talking to about this issue. You can also uh, frame up a better you know understanding of their uh, problem, understanding uh, uh, of their root cause. Um, then you were able to envision you know what they're looking for with that alternate reality and be able to help them get to the point that they're going to in the future. And then you, you guys can work together and commit to a plan that's going to get to those next steps. Yeah, I think that's dead on. I think the thing that you really hit within that group was communication, right? The communication between you and your teammates and communication between you and management has to be transparent. It has to be honest. It has to be consistent, right? It has to be consistent communication. I think that things that are enemies of trust, if you will, right, are leaders that don't communicate or they communicate falsely, right? Yeah. I think I think about a few podcasts back when we talk about what makes a good leader in a time of downturn like we have now is telling people honestly where you're at, right? We may not okay. have layoffs, but we may be facing some salary cuts, whatever it may be. Being honest with folks is very good when it comes to building trust. I also think that the other thing you hit on in there besides communication was consistency. So I think about consistency in standards, consistency in ethics, consistency in expectations. So I know for me, I have trust in my leader, kind of like Jordan and Steve Kerr, right? Mm -hmm. Where they talked about, listen, I know that that guy is going to do exactly what needs to be done to complete this task. Just like he knows I'm going to do that, right? I think that people struggle with leadership in their organizations or within teams uh, when they have people that will are easily to delegate tasks, but don't ever complete tasks. And I think oftentimes that that doesn't really help. The final thing I think that is really important, I think we kind of talked about for for internal to our organization, um, is really going to bat for your people, right? So if you have right. members of your team that are maybe in a tight spot or you, you know there's something going on with management and someone on your team, standing up for them, supporting their cause, backing them in whatever endeavor they're trying to do will build a lot of trust within your organization. I think when you have the levels that we kind of talked about, I think you can have a really high performing organization, which in turn, I think leads to the second kind of piece of trust we wanted to talk about, which is trust with your clients and your customers. So I think you can really truly only have trust with your clients and customers. If you have trust within your organization, I mean, what do you think? Absolutely. I mean, um, trust can lead to, so much more than just the baseline results that you're currently experiencing with your customers or within your organization. Um, it kind of leads to, you know, asking for recommendations, referrals. Um, you give more forgiveness when you make a mistake, when you have that trust. Um, it's less micromanagement. Uh, what else? They'll protect you when you need it um, in certain situations, like you just mentioned, when you need somebody to back you. And, and most of, uh, last and foremost, the trust of your instincts and your judgment. Uh, one of the best examples that comes to mind, um, and I'm a little disappointed that they didn't uh, mention this actually in the last docu- last the last game, last dance documentary, um, was Sonny Vaccaro and Nike. Um, 
Sonny Vaccaro was a Nike marketing executive around the time that Jordan was coming out of college. And at that time, Nike was trying to get into the basketball game with a, uh, with a bigger footprint. And they just said, hey, we want to go out, sign three of the top guys, you know, Sonny B, who, who, who are the guys that we should target? And, he, and Sonny B t- turns to him and says, hey, look, he don't need to sign three guys. He just need to sign one. Uh, they were offering to sign three guys for, I, I think, 20K each. And Sonny Vaccaro said, no, just give the kid 500K. One kid, Michael Jordan, that's the one you need. And Nike asked Sonny, would you be willing to put your job on the line for this signing? And Sonny said, absolutely. And the rest is history. Wow. So Nike trusting one of their employees, you know, paid off, ten, I mean, not tenfold, a hundredfold um, yeah. from the marketing campaign and, and the empire that Jordan and Nike built together. No, I completely agree. And I think from a client perspective with Jordan, I think he trusted them to go with that because of you know, someone like Sonny going out on a limb to say, hey, I'm putting my job on the line for you. And so I think about for Jordan, knowing that someone's willing to put, you know, that on the line for you is very key. I mean, I think about what makes me trust an organization now as a client, right? I think about Amazon. I know we talk about Amazon a lot on this podcast, but <laughs> I think about Amazon when it comes to trust, because I know that if my product doesn't arrive or doesn't arrive on time or there's something that happens, they're going to take care of it. Right. right. They're not, they're not going to leave me out to dry. They're not going to say, oh, we'll go check with, you know, the postmaster, whatever it is. They're going to follow through. And I think about, you know, in, in a professional services world that we live in. Right. What right. what creates trust between us as the vendor and our client? And I think really for our clients, it's really consistency and communication, just like we talked about internally. Right. Letting yeah. them know what's going on communicating with them any problems that may arise, communicating any efficiencies that may arise. You know, one of the things that I think a lot of organizations have thrived on is being successful, but also being as client friendly as possible. So for us, I know we look to cut hours that we don't need on a project anytime we can to deliver value to a to a client. I also think that delivering consistent results is key and builds trust as well. You can you can have the big bang and deliver a big project or deliver on a goal, right. but if you can't consistently deliver on that, I think it's hard to drive value for for your customer, and I think therefore they have a lack of trust in you. What do you think about that? Absolutely, consistency is a huge factor when it comes to trust. Uh, me being able to count on you, me being able to count on your organization, uh, me being able to refer you to someone else. And be you to go out there and deliver the same exact great work that you did for me is also a credit to my to my consistency with delivering uh you know good good partners out there to the to the world out there. Um so everything you're saying I think is spot on. So let's hear from a couple of thoughts from my manager partner, Bobby Dixon. All right. So now we'll bring on our managing partner, Bobby Dixon, to talk through some quick hits. Bobby, how are you doing this morning? Great guys, surviving the storm yesterday and sunshine today. So um, I'm I'm doing well. That's good stuff. We talked a little bit about the storm earlier, and actually, that's how we got kind of into this topic of trust. Is we were talking about the Michael Jordan documentary and how uh, he facilitated trust with his team, and how his teammates, you know, really trusted him. So that's really been our game time topic today. So our first question to you is. We've talked pretty extensively about trust in an organization today and how leaders can develop trust with their team. As a managing partner, what can employees do to gain your trust? Right. I think we've talked a lot of it about a lot about, you know, how leaders can disseminate down, but how can we as employees or employees out there look to gain trust from leadership? 
Got it. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the question and I'm appreciating the dialogues that we're having here, Tay. And so, so thanks for that. Uh, in, in terms of your question, I, I think, um, you know, first of all, I think the answer is context specific, right? And, and, and so what I'll do is focus on the context we're in now, right? And this is pandemic and, and COVID-19 environment. Right, that that's sort of changing right before our eyes, uh, and 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 what leaders and owners of businesses are looking for in their employees, particularly as we grapple with things like cash flow management, liquidity, uh, taking on stimulus package loans to 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 make sure we uh, maintain employee bases and those sorts of things. What we're looking for in return, right, is. Um, autonomy, right? You know, can you work in an autonomous way? Uh, and are you showing um, sort of proactive, um, independent thinking? Uh, and, and, and are you showing initiative? Are you doing those sorts of things? Because the leader's eye, you know, for the most part right now is, <clears throat> is not necessarily on the tactical uh, and on the operational, right? It, it's on the enterprise sustainability level, right? You're getting the mm -hmm. organization through mobilizing resources, financial and otherwise. And so I think those are some of the things that can build trust, right? You know, when you look and see in a proactive manner, what are your employees doing? What are they presenting to you in terms of ideas, right? Um, and in terms of activities, um, what's the yield between activities and productivity? In, in other words, what are the outcomes, you know, from those activities and, and uh, are they driving the business forward? So I think, you know, in this context, those are some of the things. Uh, so trust uh, is, is, is obviously, um, you know, not linear, right? I mean, it can, it can build, it can, <laughs> it can go down. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so what you want to have is an account. Right. A, a healthy account of, of, of trust uh, in the bank account. Right. You know, at all times, you know, with your employees. Right. And, and so, you know, you know, things like paranoia and, and all those sorts of things, you know, sit in, you know, in the business leader's mind in crisis times. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's those goodwill bank accounts of trust, you know, that you can draw down upon. Right. You know, to to, to kind of help uh, keep you motivated as a leader to do what you have to do. Um, so, you know, that would be a, a context driven answer. I, you know, I could elaborate, you know, you know, greatly, uh, you know, with regard to other contexts. But I think right now that's probably a good way to, to speak to it. Okay. For sure. For that's sure. Good. So taking a different uh, approach to this next question, going from the buyer vendor perspective, um, with us being professional in professional services as consultants, and very much trust is built on uh, consistency and pedigree. Uh, can you explain a bit of some of the key things that a prospective buyer of professional service can look for in a vendor to build trust? Now, that's a good question. Um, you know, in a professional services firm, uh, we talk about the Kirby vacuum cleaner, right? And, and those sorts of things, it's kind of tricky because, you know, in good times and bad times, it's, do we plug the vacuum cleaner and does it work? Right. You know, uh, or does the Coca-Cola that I'm buying still taste the same? Is it flat? You know, there, there's, there's, there's certain very tangible ways you can measure products uh, in a service firm. There's a lot of intangible asset value that can be created. Right. And again, you know, context specific. So um, 
how proactive uh, are you in your communication, you know, mm-hmm. to leaders, right? You know, and uh, what type of nuggets, you know, can you drop in, you know, uh, into their email inboxes, voicemails, phone calls, virtual meetings, et cetera, right? You know, it's not all about the chargeable hour. Uh, you know, we, we as as management consultants, right, you know, rightfully or wrongfully kind of, you know, judged by always wanting to build an hour. But in times like these, it's, 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 you know, getting back to those bank accounts, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, this is a good time to just build goodwill, right? You know, and, and when you think about goodwill, it's a, it's a, it's a non-cash asset, right? You know, that, that sits on the balance sheet, but does create value, right? And then over time you, you amortize it. Right. And, and, and so this is a good time to just, um, you know, be in front of the client, make sure that we're attentive to their evolving needs, understanding that today's needs and today's issues are, are far different than than, than yesterday's. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of Athenian, where we, we can't you know get to our clients uh, who might be out of town right now, you know, assuring them that we're there, assuring them that they're top of mind, assuring them that that we're keeping uh, pace uh, with with the issues in their organizations, right? You know, as best we can. Uh, so I think those are some of the ways that uh, that um, uh, the clients are looking to the vendors, right? You know, to try to establish some trust with them, so that you know when momentum you know starts to build again, and when budgets unlock, right, and when travel unfreezes, and those sorts of things, you know. Um, you know, if you, you, you can be a vendor of record and a vendor of preference, right? You know, for the things that you uh, you know, did in terms of establishing trust, you know, during this time. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And I think we've seen that with a lot of our clients pay off uh, with some of the things that we've done and that Bobby's led with the firm. I also think that, you know, during this time, you talked a lot about, you know, the trust with the client, but I think we should also talk a little bit about within the organization. So within an organization, there's really three levels of trust. And we talked about this in our opening segment, strategic, personal, and organizational. And just because I trust my manager at a personal level does not necessarily mean I trust my manager at a strategic level. So I guess in running a firm and running a successful organization, how can a business owner balance all three levels of trust? You know, so just kind of thinking through the question, you know, Tanya, uh, what I will say is, and, and I'll just sort of piggyback on, on the three examples of trust you use. Uh, with any leader, I, I think there's three elements as well, right? There is yourself, and I think that would, you know, correlate to, you know, this personal level of trust that you're talking about. This is just who you are as a person, uh, yeah. what your value system is. Uh, what are the do's and don'ts, right, within that system and, and, and those sorts of things. So consistency uh, with who you are as yourself uh, and more importantly, self-awareness, right, understanding, you know, who you are. So there's yourself, uh, there's your style, right, which are the methods that you deploy and, and employ, right, you know, in, in, in terms of going about uh, solving problems and leading organizations and, and those sorts of things. Uh, and then there's the situation, Right, which is again context specific, right? Uh, so if you take yourself, your style, uh, and your situation, um, with any human, and in this case, leaders, there's always a gap, right? Uh, and so you kind of got to understand where the gaps are, right? And so, so, so for instance, um, I may be an introvert, right? You know, um, but this situation caused 
causes for me to employ a different style mm-hmm. right now, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts, right? You know, uh, the situation may cause for more uh, visibility, uh, you know, uh, to be more audible right now, right? And in front of folks uh, doing more Zoom leagues, I may prefer to be in the back office cranking out content. Right. But but right now, you know, I need to be up front, you know, making sure that that we're leading out front. Right. Uh, and being visible. So that's just kind of a, uh, an example. Uh, but I think, you know, in answering your question, there needs to be a degree of fit between, you know, yourself, your style uh, and the situation. Right. Uh, and where there is not fit, you kind of got to understand where the gaps are. Right. Because on the other side, as you're talking about trust. Right. You know, on the three levels, you know, that you mentioned. Right. Um, you, you just got to make sure that there is some you know, level of congruence. Right. Uh, and, and so you, know, you may believe in me personally. I'll take an example of a church. Right. Um, you know, I may believe in this pastor's personal conviction. Right. Uh, and, and, and a way that pastor, you know, uh, walks within his vocation or, 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 or leaves, leaves his life. Right. Uh, however, uh, that pastor may be a terrible business manager. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, 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 the church is always in, in financial crisis. Right. You know, it always called on a membership to do X, Y, Z. Uh, they're not good stewards of the finance. That's not a reflection of his personal character. That's a reflection on his business acumen. Right. Gotcha. Um same with the same example, right? You know, uh, that that same pastor might be a great sort of deliverer of the message, right? Uh, you know, when it comes time to preach, right? Very highly effective. Uh, however, you know, it's very transparent that that he or she, or she may have a raggedy lifestyle, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, uh, and, and so again, there's not a degree of fit, right? You know, uh, between self, you know, style, and, and in this case, you know, situation. So, you just kind of be got to be mindful of those things, you know, Tanya, you know, I, I put it in a different way, but, but but understanding that, you know, you know, where I lack capabilities in one area, uh, you know, to make sure, uh, you know, augment that or supplement that with expertise. Right. You know, so that um, those who would want to follow me and my leadership on a personal level uh, can also trust that uh, at an organizational level. Yeah. <laughs> right. That, that the right pieces are in place. Uh, Etc. So don't want to go on a ramble, and, and hopefully that made sense. Uh, but you know, I, I tend to look at it that way. I'm always evaluating self, style, situation, and understanding the chameleon aspect, right, uh, of those things. Um, the last thing I'll say on the, on this topic is, you, you know, every leader I believe, um, effective leader, has to possess. Um, a, a certain aspect of Machiavellian principles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that, I mean, sticking with this concept of, of, of your self-style and situation, you know, at, at a personal value system, there's some things that you just, you got to say, hey, we'll never do under any circumstance, right? Th- those are your those are your values, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who you are. Uh, but, you know, Machiavellian principles will suggest that at times, you know, perhaps the end justifies the means, you know, or the, or the, or the process for getting there. Uh, and in a certain situation, right, uh, you may have to go about things differently than you otherwise would, right? You know, to get to the to get to the better outcome, right? Uh, and you know, what greater good, you know, will be will will be will be gained by that, right? And so you think about 
folks having to lay off employees, right? Furlough employees, right? There's no joy or gratification taken in that, you know, you know, by a leader, but it's to preserve the entire organization. Right. right. You know, and, and so those sorts of things. Um, but, you know, great questions. Um, th- that is the leader's dilemma. Right. You know, is trying to be effective on all three of those levels. Yeah. And I think you were hit on a key point there, which is that trust is really a bit of a moving target. And the fact that we have obviously there's things that at the employee level we don't fully understand. And then there's things at the leadership level that someone would have to do to make sure that they fulfill certain obligations for the organization to move it forward. So trust is a bit of a moving target is what it sounds like. And from what you kind of hit on, the trust that I develop at the personal level may have to be augmented by what we're doing at the organization level based on the situation. So I think the way you described it, I think is perfect. So I, I, I like the way that transitions. Okay. So just a quick bonus question to wrap this up. Uh, since we discussed the Michael Jordan documentary earlier, and with his teammates trusting him and his team having to gain his trust, like he kind of, they kind of mentioned how uh, Steve Kerr had to stand up to Jordan at one point and, and ended up getting punched in the face by Michael Jordan. But that led to him trusting him in every situation after that. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the on the documentary and the principles that uh, can apply to your business or personal life? <laughs> so I watched the documentary, had a, had a good time, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, it's funny, we, 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 you know, now we're studying, right, Michael Jordan's leadership style, right? We kind of exactly. stated state these same principles, you know, and, and the, the one thing I'll say, right, is that his style uh, was effective. And, and, and Michael will even tell you that his style was very consistent with who he was as a person, right? You know, so there was not a big, big gap between himself and his style that he employed. Uh, but the situation, right, we can't ignore. I mean, he was the best player uh, of a generation, if not ever, and they won six championships, right? You know, and so the trust that was derived from that situation was largely because he was highly effective, yep. right, uh, and successful. So, you know, so, so some of the things we got to be careful about when we, when we study effective leaders, right, is the situation, right, you know, and um, uh Who's going to be following Michael Jordan, right? If if, if he wasn't, um, you know, who he was, right? Uh, and if they weren't winning at that level, uh, certainly his coach wouldn't tolerate it. Um, you know, in, in in many levels, as you watch that documentary, it was insubordination uh, uh, at its highest uh, levels. Uh, when you think about the GM, right? But again, I mean, they're winning championships, they're building enterprise value. It goes back to that again, you know, Machiavellian principle, the end was justifying the means, right? And so for Mike, uh, it was highly effective, right? And how he dealt with other players. Now, the, the one thing that I've read, uh, you know, since the documentary is that other players are, 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 are speaking out, right? And it's like, you know, speaking of Mike's leadership style, he knew uh, who he could punch in the eye, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, you know, so... You know, to make a point to all 11, you know, I'm going to punch this one in the eye. Uh, you know what I mean? But I'm not going to, you know, I, I didn't hear him say he punched Charles Oakley. Right. Uh, you know, or, Very true. Or, or, or Horace Grant, you know. And so, you know, but that is the that is the skillfulness and craftiness. Right. That I believe was kind of premeditated. You know, you could hear Mike uh, almost allude to that. Right. You know, as I had to get these guys, you know, to to where they needed to be. And as you heard Steve Kerr talk, he said he had to stand up to Mike, right? And from that moment, you know, their relationship was better. Uh, and then you look at that, I think it was the fifth championship, 
right? You know, they went all the way back to probably that defining moment, you know, yep. when Mike otherwise would have drove to the hole and tried to get fouled or, or whatever. I mean, he, right. he, he uh, during that timeout, he told Kerr, you know, they're going to collapse on me and I'm going to kick it out and you're going to hit the three, right? And so I don't think if they didn't have that moment, right? Uh, you know, Mike would have had that trust in him, right? And that was his way of, 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 of building trust, right? You know, right. I would just caution against trying to uh, employ someone else's style, you know, mm-hmm. in your situation, particularly when that's not consistent with who you are or, or, or yourself, right? Uh, you know, it's just people can typically see through that. There's got to be some genuineness, uh, yeah. you know, in, in how you lead. But, you know, by, by, uh, by any means, that was a great documentary. You know, I, I grew up on that stuff, didn't realize you know, all the behind the scenes stuff. And, and as a business leader, like I said, I mean, I saw insubordination, uh, you know, I saw <laughs> all sorts of things, right. Uh, you know, all kilter, but Hey, they were, they were winning, you know, yeah. and, uh, and, and very effective. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting to watch that scenario for sure. And it really goes back to what you talked about where the end justifies the means. So I think that the way that they built the trust, it ended up with, you know, Steve Kerr coming in clutch and being open there because Michael trusted him a lot, very similar to what you talked about in the business world where you build that trust with an employee and then you have a time frame like this where they're not physically located with you somewhere. They're not physically at a location. Same with the client, right? They're not physically co-located with the client and they can still deliver. So I think tying that all together, I hope helps a lot of folks out there. I know it definitely helps us when we think about how we can parlay our leadership styles and our delivery styles to build trust with our team and our clients. So Bobby, thank you for your time today, man. We greatly appreciate it. We look forward to having you on next week. All right. Now let's jump into the cool down period with some closing thoughts. So Tanya, what are we reading and listening to this week? Something that will help us out with our growth and productivity. So this week really in trend with everything that's going on in the world, I've been spending a lot of time reading into ways that companies are using new technology Mm -hmm. and how they're looking to leverage it in the future. I think that understanding that is key to both professional and personal development. Mm -hmm. I also have been reading through, rereading through The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham that's on value investing. I think we're in a time where there's a lot of great companies that have been beaten down in the market for no reason. And so I think understanding value investing is a good time to make some solid investments for your future. What about you? Gotcha. Um, finishing up uh, Trusted Advisor by David Maester. I discussed last week and also been catching up on uh, Jeff Staples podcast called The Business of Hype. Um, Jeff Staples is a founder of a clothing brand called Stable Pigeon, uh, well respected in the streetwear world and background. Uh, with my background in retail, corporate retail, I wanted to just catch up on how some of the owners and CEOs out there are doing with, you know, doors being sh- temporarily shut down and mainly operating strictly from e-commerce. Yeah, I think that's great. So for our big three today, um, we are going to kind of carry into that, which is practices we should eliminate in the business world. So I'll go ahead and do my first one. I'll pass over to you, Alex. My right. first one is ghosting. And no, I'm not talking about in your personal relationships. I'm talking about in your professional relationships, right? If it doesn't work with your girlfriend or boyfriend, you shouldn't think it should work in the business world, right? You should be responsive and communicative with people, even if it's bad news, right? Have some respect right. for the other person. Yeah, my first one is overpromising. I mean, you don't have to lie just to show your value. 
Uh, Overpromising is just a short-term solution for one problem that'll cause more problems in the long term. So it's just far better to underpromise than than to overpromise every single time. Yeah, I agree. And I think honestly too, you see that all the time, especially in you know the sales world, right? So mm-hmm. uh, for me, my second one is unnecessary meetings. I know this would be common for a lot of people, but I feel like there's a lot of tools for task tracking task sharing, collaborative workspaces, all that kind of stuff. And so I think, you know, if you really feel like, you know, know, a meeting's necessary, then great. I think meetings can be very effective. But if it's just a question, you know, pick up the phone, have a quick call and move on. Absolutely. Pretty sure that's everyone, uh, in the corporate world. Uh, My second one is uh, not taking risks. Um, Companies that get stagnant and sit in one place, it just really irks me. Uh, Because, I mean, I know, you know, starting a business, that's a risk in itself. But we can't stop there. The most successful companies out, out there are always experimenting and exploring new angles for their jobs. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly true, right? Finding new ways to kind of make things work. For me, my last one is multitasking in meetings. So this really, I think a theme of all three of mine mm-hmm. is is respect today, which right. is if, if I felt like there was a meeting that needed to be had, if a client felt like there's a meeting to be had, there's a reason you got an invite to this meeting. It's because you're either supposed to know what's going on or you have something to contribute. Mm-hmm. So we all understand there's a lot going on, but take the time to just pay attention and be present in that meeting um, and, and contribute, right? Otherwise, you're wasting everyone's time. Right, right. I understand completely. Yeah, you're definitely jumping on the respect and trust factor hard this is <laughs> this episode. I am, man. Uh, Four values. <laughs> My last one is... Being reactive instead of being proactive. Uh, reactive businesses, they, you know, they plan out a course of ad, of action, you know, address challenges as they occur, um, and they're always on the lookout for potential problems. So when they do come, it's less of a blow that they'll incur. Yep. So this week we actually have a new section, guys, and we talked about it the last few weeks, and that was a Q and A section. So we've been accumulating questions from our listeners that had come in via email. Uh, via Instagram, via our LinkedIn page, wherever it may be. So thank you for the questions. The first one this week is, what is the most common problem you see in your time with clients? So I think about this not necessarily from, you know, what's the most common solution that we deliver? I think about it more as, what problem do you see with your clients? And I don't see it as a problem. What I see is, all of us are guilty of this, right? Which is when yeah. you're in one area, you get in the weeds and you can only focus on your set of tasks or a correlating set of tasks. I think the most common problem that I see is that there's a lot of, you know, that process of thinking. And so us coming in as consultants or any consultant coming in that can look at the holistic solution or even higher up in the organization, look at the holistic solution and provide some suggestions. You're going to find a lot more efficiencies and you're going to make your your customer and your employees a lot happier if you can kind of find more effective ways to do it. So I would say just sometimes you have to think and step back a little bit. I think that's probably the most common I see. What about you, okay. Alex? Uh, most common problem, see with clients. Uh, I'll say just getting some of those seasoned employees that have long-standing tenure with the company to to adjust or or, or to buy in to like the the new tech or the new program that we're we're implementing as consultants. Um, sometimes people, a lot of people, are just stuck in their ways. And, you know, I've been doing this for twenty years. Why would I change it now? Well, we're trying to do something a little different. Try to be a little leaner. Try to be more productive. Uh, but I think that's probably the most common problem that I see. 
For sure. I mean, very true. I mean, you've heard me use this. My clients have heard me use this. I use this quote all the time, but one of my favorite quotes about change is from Henry Ford. He talks about if you would have asked people what they would have wanted, they would have said a faster horse, right? They never would have said, hey, build me this car. So I think change is, is definitely very difficult for a lot of people. So our next question from our listeners is, what is the most difficult thing about delivering a project or on a goal for a client? This is a good question. I'm at, I think both these questions are great from our listeners. For me, I think the most difficult thing about delivering a project is the organizational landscape around you. So what do I mean by that? Very oftentimes, it's easy to know your task list, know your goal, and be able to sequence them effectively and efficiently to make sure that you have dependencies that line up and that everyone works together. What you often cannot control is what's going on with the greater organization. When you think about project delivery, oftentimes it's in one department or for one specific concept. And right. very often or very you know, infrequently is it for the whole corporation. So for example, you know, one of our past projects was a, a big implementation with a client that bought and sold three different companies in the time that we were completing the project. And because of that, it's very hard organizationally. You have new leadership, you have new policies, you have new endeavors. So for me, that's the most difficult thing about delivering a project or, or for a goal. What about you, Alex? Oh, man, that's spot on. You hit the nail on the head there. Um, I think we can close it out right there. That was that was that was, took the words right out of my mouth. All right. That sounds great. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time today. I hope that the insight from the team was really you know, impactful on your life. I hope that trust becomes a key factor in your operations, both personally and professionally. And I hope you learned today a little bit more how you can build trust and cultivate trust uh, with yourself and your friends. Um, so as always, take time to breathe and focus on your current situation. Adversity breeds ingenuity and wise counsel leads to sustainable results. results. Woo!